Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. The talk is efficient masculinity, right? Okay. By the way, like, I have a bad but dry sense of humor, so if you're, like, in doubt, just laugh, right? It, just, just laugh. Okay, seriously, let's pray. Yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> Hint. Okay. No, seriously. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you uh, for this awesome evening, even with the dark clouds. We just feel your love. Um, just send your spirit into this room tonight. Bless these folks. Bless this talk. Um, give us all the gift of tongues so if I say something stupid, they hear something else. Um, but just put on my heart whatever you need them to hear tonight and help me say it with grace. Um, we thank you and we love you. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, so just some background. Uh, my name is Tim. I'm 50-ish. Um, I'm a religion teacher at CJ uh, in my third year, so I'll get into my conversion story a little bit. Um, but I was in the business world my whole life um, and then made a big change uh, a couple years ago. And um, so I have a problem like weaving my story into a topic. So I decided just to like maybe give you my story and then like, Maybe it like relates to the topic. No, then I'll talk about some topic nuggets and then in retrospect You can apply the nuggets to my story and then it'll all come together that that's my plan. So we'll see how it goes um, So I'm definitely going to use some notes. Otherwise, I will just um, Completely stray and it'll be nine o'clock and you will have learned nothing. So um, I got a little bit of knowledge um, which most of it, you know, has been like plagiarized or given to me. Um, a little bit of wisdom, maybe, hopefully. Um, that totally given to me. Um, and then my own story, which is pretty much sadly, mostly my own doing um, and not listening to the voice of God in my life, uh, pretty much my whole life, like ignoring it till about 10 years ago. Um, so we'll be weaving that in and out. Um, so. What I don't want to do tonight is I don't want to, well, I would like to entertain you. Let's, let's be real. We all like a few laughs, but I don't want to like dance around any topics. Masculinity is going to involve some, you know, stuff that, you know, you will all like not make eye contact with me. I think you'll know when we get there. Um, and um, yeah, so I don't, I'm not like a soft guy. I'm not sugary. So I just like, I'm here to learn something, let's have it, you know, give it to me, straight. And then maybe some laughs, a little bit of sugar, but probably not much. So at times I may be like really brief, which may seem arrogant, um, but I mean, I don't think I am. Um, uh, brief, yeah, and like I may skip over things that make total sense to me and no, no sense to you and just scratch your head and forget about it. and. Something will come. That'll be good. Um, yeah. And so by the end of the talk, hopefully, like, you have a good sense of my heart. And I know you're all going to go home tonight and just think about this talk for a couple hours. And when you reflect on it and you're journaling about my talk, you'll just be like, wow, what a great heart. At the first, I thought he was a 
total ding dong, but now it all makes sense. I get it. So yeah. Okay. So um, I teach freshman high school because I'm the newest teacher. So supposedly I get the worst students. Um, I get freshmen and sophomores, right? So the older, or not older, the more tenured, mature teachers get juniors and seniors. So um, freshman year is morality. And so we do like a lot of um, what they think are embarrassing talks. That's the stuff about no eye contact. And so I learned this thing like I can't ever get anyone to participate in surveys and questions like, hey, like um, who in here masturbates? Yeah, you're supposed to laugh. Um, I don't say that to my freshmen, but when I ask embarrassing questions, or just stuff like, I know peer pressure, no one's going to raise their hand, I make them close their eyes. Okay? And then they do a show of hands, and then I say, all right, put your hands down, now open your eyes. And, you know, obviously, every now and then someone tries to peek, but I, I catch them. Um, so I'm not going to ask anything embarrassing, but we're going to practice, because maybe later I will. So I'm just going to do a quick survey. All right? You got to close your eyes. Close your eyes, Father Ethan. <laughs> All right. Raise your hand if you're Catholic. Okay. Put your hands down. Keep your eyes closed till I tell you. People in the back. Okay. Raise your hand if you're Christian but not Catholic. Okay. Put your hands down. Raise your hand if you're neither of those two. Okay. Put your hands down. By the way, I always say put your hands down even when no one raised their hands just so you think someone raised their hand for every question. Did you see that? It's sneaky. Okay. Keep your eyes closed. Last question. Uh, raise your hand if you're single. Hands down. Raise your hand if you're married. Hands down. Uh, raise your hand. Eyes closed. Raise your hand if you feel like you have high self-esteem or high confidence. Raise your hand. Okay. Raise your hand if you have somewhat low confidence. Put your hands down. Awesome. See? Okay, you can open your eyes. That's the end of my talk. Was that 50 minutes? All right, that was really good. Really good. Like, there really were hands for all of them. Okay. All right. So, um, practical masculinity. I actually have a hard time saying masculinity, like I think I'm saying it wrong, not because I don't think I'm masculine, but it's just like kind of a tongue twister, so I probably won't say it again. But um, who coined the phrase, men are dogs? Have you ever heard that, or is that like an 80s thing, because I'm 50? Have you ever heard that? Women, have you heard that? Have you said it? Be honest, do we need to close our eyes again and do that? <laughs> Seriously. All right. I hear it all the time. Maybe it's because, I don't know, because I'm a dog. I don't know. All right. Well, anyways, I heard it all the time in high school. Men are dogs. Men are dogs. College, right? Not that all girls talk that way, but men are dogs. So the question, though, is, is like, it's so strange. Like, isn't that a compliment? I mean, who has a dog in here? Raise your hand. That's it? Seriously? Raise your hand if you have a dog. Wow. Okay, they're mostly guys, so that doesn't exactly work. It's supposed to be a bunch of girls raising their hand. Like, who doesn't love a dog? But none of you have dogs. You don't love dogs? Okay, well, 
We're just going to skip that paragraph because that doesn't work at all. Okay. Who is the holiest man you know, I mean, other than Father Ethan, that lived ever the holiest man, human being? Jesus, right? Number one, Jesus. Okay. Who is number two? Joseph, maybe. I, I mean, I'm a religion teacher, but I don't know the answer to this. I don't think there's an answer, right? Like, aren't we all men and women, but I'm not going to say that all night, okay? We're just saying men like humanity, man type thing. Aren't we all just second, number two? Like, in a way, aren't we all last, right? Like, I heard a pastor say in a sermon once, like, I mean, don't be offended, but, like, we are closer to hell than we are to heaven. Did you say that, Father Ethan? No? He's like, I wouldn't say that. But think about it. As far as our holiness goes, like, is our life more about, do we have, like, more sin in our life or more virtue? Right? We, t- we know what we want more of. We know what we strive for. But really, at the end of the day, if we're honest, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but, like, what, what are we more about? What are our lives more about, right? Like, every minute of the day, if we had put sin or virtue on every minute, what would the tally be at the end of the day, right? So we're like, men especially, we're like, that is something like we're lacking, I think, in our culture, just like men in general, right? Um, The youth groups, um, those of you that are involved with youth groups, like a lot of females, right? Our pilgrimages that we do every summer, a lot of women, it's like 80%. Um, So in just a general sense, I think, Guys need, we need to step it up. I'm just going to throw those as they go. Um, Okay, so I took Spanish in high school many years. I could never roll my R's, so this is really terrible way to try to say Saint Jose Maria Escriva. What do you think? It's terrible. Anyways, Saint Jose Maria Escriva said this, okay? This is awesome. Listen. If you're probably not taking notes, but like if you've been on Kairos, we're like, this is a write down, and everyone just starts scribbling, and then they never look at it again. But there is a need for a crusade of manliness and purity. There's a crusade, there's a need for a crusade of manliness and purity to counteract and nullify the savage work of those who think man is a beast. And that crusade is your work. Think about that. That is, that's pretty like, whoa. There's a need for a crusade of manliness and purity. This sounds like, like a field trip Father Ethan would do, like crusade of manliness. Like it's just like saying it. Um, the best way for me uh, to teach you about a manly crusade um, is to tell you about my manly crusade, which actually is not manly at all. Um, but I like that phrase. Um, and the only way... For me to help you become a better man, to become the greatest man you can be, is to teach you about or tell you about my story with the greatest woman that ever lived. And of course, her name is Mary. And really, girls, be honest, even if, you know, the dog thing failed, really aren't the things, aren't the best things you see in men, aren't they womanly? Like, aren't the things you like most about men feminine? I mean, not like small muscles or anything like that, but like, 
right? Genuineness. Genuineness, is that a word? Genuinity, genuineness, right? Um, loyalty, right? A big heart, sensitivity. Um, those, I don't know, that's what I see lacking um, in men today, and that's personally something I pray about a lot. Um, so ideally, right, men, masculinity, the talk would be about Joseph. Um, but a couple of reasons I'm not going with Joseph. Um, one, like, what do we really know about Joseph other than, like, he's awesome, right? But he kind of, like, bows out of Scripture around how old is Jesus in Scripture when the last time we hear Joseph? Twelve, right? Um, and so we just assume that he passes away pretty early in Jesus' life because he's not at the wedding, Um He's not at the cross, right? He's not at these big um, big events in Jesus' life. Um, certainly there's something to be said about his quiet strength, um, providing for the Holy Family, um, and just being an awesome teacher for Jesus um, and an awesome foster father. But there really is, like, a lot more known about Mary. Um, and the second reason is, is that Mary played a huge part um, in my life. Um, and I am just now trying to get to know Joseph, um, pray to him more, um, and try to make, I don't know, maybe take more of the heart of Joseph um, than I ever have. But Mary is still, um, like, number one in my book, and that's because of, because of my story. So um, JP2 said this, we, men that is, are quite ready to take or conquer in terms of enjoyment profit, gain, and success. Then comes the question of giving. And at this point, we hang back because we are not prepared to give. The element so characteristic in the spiritual portrait of women is barely perceptible in men. The element he's talking about is giving. It's characteristic in women, but barely perceptible in men. This male Catholicism is not interior and deep enough. The male believer does not have a true interior life. We men do not have a deep enough interior life, right? Like the element is giving about the heart. It's about love. Like, so what is the opposite of that, men, guys? Like, I don't know. Are we selfish? Don't raise your hand. Is it harsh? Yeah, a little bit, right? But is this like a call to raise the bar? Yes or yes? You're supposed to answer. Yes. Matthew Kelly does that all the time, and it works great for him. <laughs> I'm going to keep trying it. Okay, St. Paul says this to his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 6. Put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the tactics of the devil in all circumstances, Hold faith as a shield to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. I don't want to go into a talk on Satan, even though he's a guy. Um, but, like, if, if we are, like, living a life where, like, we just don't think Satan exists or evil doesn't exist or there is no sin, it's like, like yeah, there's no chance of winning, winning. Like, it's real. He's there, right? And he's messing with us. And he's messing with our manhood and trying to break our relationship with God. And so we got to be aware of it. Enough on him, more than he deserves. All right, brief story um, uh, about me. 
before I go into um, kind of, I don't know, like the five nuggets that I'm working on in my life. Um, so I'm married. My wife's name is Amy. Um, I have three daughters, Caitlin, Abby, and Carly. I have a female dog. I have two sisters, no brothers. Um, I, Amy has two sisters, no brothers. My mom has seven sisters, okay? So yeah, exactly, that's what I'm like. Why is this guy talking about men? Because I have no men in my life. Sorry, Father Ethan, he's the only one. Okay. <laughs> and that may be temporary. Okay, so my story is, um, I don't know, hopefully not like a lot of yours, but it's like the story of many of my friends. Um, grew up Rochester, New York, well not that part, but grew up Catholic, grade school, um, Catholic high school. So in Rochester, the school I went to was like, kind of like CJ, it was in the city. Um, and we had our own version of um, Carol and Alter and Fenwick. Um, but Rochester really was quite, quite like Dayton, um, but in upstate New York. Um, I went to Notre Dame, a Catholic university, definitely not because it was Catholic, pretty much only because I was Irish and my grandfather loved Notre Dame football. I know, like, well, yeah, perfectly good reason to go there. Um, I was uh, really just into like, what's next? Like, what's the next step? Like, I'm in high school and I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Like, college, bring it on. Get to college, right? Get out of college, I'm ready for a job. Job, 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 right? Like, what does the world say is the next step? Like, I had zero faith life, um, zero faith life. And, I mean, I went to church on Sundays because uh, if I didn't, I felt guilty. I know none of you feel that way ever, um, but that was me. And so, college, uh, oh, yeah, got to get a job, start as soon as I'm done with college, no time off, get a good job, awesome, make money, fun. Okay, what's next? Oh, well, psh, sure, like, get married. Definitely, let's get married right away. Uh, 23, I think, I was 23. Um, well, you're married now, so, I mean, kids, right? Yeah, married people have kids, let's have kids. Um, so seriously, though, this, I, that's all the thought I put into this, I know. Um, I inv this morning, I was like, oh, honey, like, you have to come to the talk tonight. It's going to be so good. I'm going to bring you flowers, and afterwards, you come up on stage, and I'll give them to you. And then after I wrote this, I'm like, yeah, no, you can't go. There's not going to be enough room. <laughs> like, yeah, it's sold out. You can't go. And, and Father Ethan's not going. She's like, oh, forget it then. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, I, obviously, there was more in it than that. But really, like, sadly, it, it was pretty shallow. And so, like, where's my identity, um, guys? And I would just ask you, like, like, what is your core right now? What's your fabric? Like, what's your identity? What do you identify with? Like, I, mine was my job. Like, I couldn't work enough. Like, we had three kids, and maybe it was because they drove me crazy, but maybe it was because I loved to work. I'm not sure which, but I was never home, um, and it was terrible. It was terrible for my family. Um, it wasn't terrible for my faith life because I didn't have one. Um, and things just kind of got worse and worse. Um, I have um, alcoholism in my family, um, both of my parents, uh, all four of my grandparents, so on both sides. And um, 
so that was, you know, that was my thing. Um, was I was good at drinking beer and other stuff too. Um, I, the only thing I was really good at was tailgating. Like seriously, I mean, if I could throw a tailgate um, every weekend and somehow make money on it, I would be doing that. That'd be my career. I was great at that. Not so much anymore. But anyways, so you could see where it's going. Um, Thirty years old. I don't know. I had owned a couple of my own companies, sold them. Um, did I feel like I've done 50 different jobs. I don't want to tell you all of them because then you would be like, yeah, that is 50 and that's pathetic. Um, but uh, I think the longest I was in any one of them was uh, 10 years. I was an investment advisor at Merrill Lynch for five years and then had partial ownership in my own firm for five years. And that's when like the wheels started falling off. Um, and Amy and I, um, not many of you are married, and hopefully you never feel this, see it, um, or know anyone, but really common um, in the 30s for people to say, yeah, like, we just grew apart, which is really, I mean, I said that, so I can, you know, criticize myself, but it's just really lazy, and that's where I was, just lazy, like, if it didn't fit, you know, get rid of it, and, um, Sadly, Amy and I, we did. We grew apart. It was all about the kids. Our whole life was about the kids. So even though most of you are single, right, you are, many of you, thinking about getting married, and these are nuggets that you can be like, hey, yellow flag, like, slow down, right? Spend time with each other. Yes, obviously, like, love your children. Spend tons of time with them. But um, you really have to be conscious about um, your spouse and really be purposeful and making time, and not just saying, you know, like, date night, I love you, but, like, really working on, like, true, sincere love, because it doesn't happen on its own. Um, the opposite happens on its own. When you don't water the plant, it's going to die. Um, wow, yep, haven't read a thing in about 10 minutes. Okay, so 50, 40 minutes from, when did we start? 7, 7.30? So am I supposed to be done at... 10 after? 9 o'clock? 9.30. Just kidding. I don't want to do that either. I know you don't. Okay, so um, anyways, so the worst news, let's just get it out of the way, is that um, Amy and I separated. Um, and that's the cowardly way to say it. And since this is about masculinity, I'll be honest and say that I left. I walked out. Three kids. Um, yeah. Um, so I think I was, if I'm 50 now, 10 years ago, 35-ish, right? So some people said, oh, you're just going through a midlife crisis. I'm like, seriously, I'm going to die at 70? Like, uh, no, like I was just not midlife crisis. Like I wasn't going out buying things. I was just like unhappy. Why? Right? Like I had this hole in me that couldn't be filled not with tailgating, not with my wife's love, nothing, not work, nothing, right? My whole life, that whole next, next, next was because of a hole, right, that I didn't learn until I was 40-ish that it was God, Jesus, right? It was my faith. Um, and people even told me, like, people were giving me books, like, you need to read this, you know, you need to go to Mass. I'm like, I go to Mass, 
I mean, usually. And, you know, you need to go on retreat. I'm like, I don't need all that, right? Like, I got all the answers. Um, and ironically, the very start of my conversion was a book. Um, and I really do like Matthew Kelly. Like, I wanted to be his manservant after I met him. I, like, <laughs> I liked him that much. No, I'm seriously, like, I told him, I'm like, I want to do what you do. I'll do it for free, you know. And he was like, get away from me. Yeah, it's true. Anyways, The Rhythm of, Rhythm of Life, if you haven't read it, it's awesome. It was just what I needed. It wasn't too churchy. Um, but it, it was just enough to, like, crack the shell. It didn't convert me, um, but it cracked the shell and got me thinking, like, man, what am I doing? It wasn't like, oh, now I love my wife again, but it was like, wow, wh where am I going? And so I read this book. Actually, someone gave it to me, and I thought I threw it in the trash, but I must have just thrown it in a corner because I found it, like, six months later. And I read it. I read it in one weekend. So then I'm like, hmm, he's got a retreat going on in Milford next weekend. Maybe I'll check that out. So here's, like, how non-committed I was. Um, so I sign up for the retreat, and I show up, and they're like, yeah, no technology. Put that laptop bag in your car. I'm like, okay, I will. So I went out to my car, and I put my laptop in my suitcase, and I came back in. And the first night, there, you know, lights out. Um, and I'm like, well, I need my laptop because I got to buy Ozzy Osbourne tickets. You're supposed to laugh. Do you know who Ozzy Osbourne is? That's like, okay. I mean, it's entertaining, but, like, ridiculous. Like, I'm on a retreat, and I'm thinking about Ozzy Osbourne. Okay, something's wrong. Yeah, it's worse. So there's no Wi-Fi in this place, of course. And so I sneak out of the retreat. I'm ashamed. Don't tell Matthew I did this. I sneak out of the retreat. I drive to, like, some strip mall so I can get Wi-Fi off of a Panera. And I buy OzFest tickets that night. And then I go back and I go to sleep and um, continue with the retreat. So... It was in confession, Father Ron Reeder from Fort Wayne, um, where I was like, yeah, Father, like I feel really guilty about leaving. And all right, just preface, like you don't, you don't just don't know like the shame um, and how, yeah, just what I did to my family. So like I, I make light, light of it now. And I, but please know like I'm not a dog. Like it was, it was horrible, but. We're past it. Um, well, we'll get to that part later. Anyways, so Father Ron, right? We're in confession. It's like, I don't know, an hour. Because, like, I am explaining to him, like, I want to be forgiven. And all he keeps hearing is reconcile. And, like, I'm not sure we're using reconcile in the same way. I mean, like, reconcile, like, get over this and move on. At this point, we're still separated, but we're about to get divorced. And he's thinking, I didn't know it at the time, like reconcile, like fix it. So it just dragged on. I'm like, okay, Father, I'm good. Thank you. You know, time to go. And he's like, all right. So um, as soon as you get home, you, you go talk to Amy and you fix things. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, that's not what I was talking about. And he's like, yeah, okay, we ended it. I left. And as like frustrated as I was, cracked the door open a little bit more, and I'm like, 
I don't know. It, it was a bit of a miracle in confession um, that night in Milford um, because it was the first time in probably three years that I was like, man, maybe it can be saved and maybe I should do this. Um, anyway, so the guy who was like, what's next, right? Next, next, next. So I read the book. I went on the weekend retreat. What do you think's next? Well, let's go to his summer pilgrimage to Fatima for a whole week, right? Like, now it's not just because I love Matthew, but he was going, so, I mean, that was a bonus. But I really was, like, something happened in confession on that retreat. Long, long story short, is long story long. The Fatima part, I'll just be brief. It literally was miraculous. Um, I mean, we did everything that you could just look up online. We did all the touristy stuff. We prayed. We had meetings. I didn't see, like, you know, Jesus jumping on a trampoline. I didn't see Mary. I uh, did all sorts of holy stuff, and it was cool. Um, and when I left, I didn't think. I was just like, well, that was fun. Um, but the day after I got home, like, I was completely changed, like, I physically felt um, our Lord's peace. At the time, I said our lady's peace because I didn't know Jesus. She led me to him later, but I completely physically felt like miraculous healing of my heart, like physically, and just like, whoa, like peace. I completely, okay, so I didn't get into the really bad stuff, like how much I was drinking, but not every day, but for sure Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every week, like a lot, and sometimes Wednesday, rarely Monday or Tuesday. Okay, you're supposed to laugh, but it was a lot. When I got back from Fatima, completely gone, zero craving, not like, oh, I should quit drinking, so I'm going to and then white knuckle it, like Our Lady completely took my urge to drink away completely. I didn't have a drop of anything for three years. It was awesome. It certainly added to the peace. Um, most importantly, um, most importantly, I, don't, I still, after I don't even know how many years that was, 20 years, 10 years, I still don't know how to put it into words. Um, I completely had to fix my marriage. Before Fatima, I was like, I had a huge list. I never wrote it down, but it, that'd be a better story. So I wrote this list down of these hundred things that were, were wrong with Amy, right? And then my list, of course, nothing was on it. Um, everything was Amy's fault, right? Amy this, Amy that. When I got back from Fatima, it was like, nothing's wrong with Amy. Like, well, I didn't exactly say that, but I didn't say you fix yourself and I'll fix myself and together we'll be fixed, right? I didn't say I'll fix myself and then later, how about you fix your problems? No, I truly, not just like in words in my heart, was like, um, this is on me. This, I need to be fixed. She doesn't need to do anything. And I meant it. I really meant it. Um, and Our Lady did that to my heart. Like, completely changed it. I was a jerk. Like, Father Ethan thinks I'm a jerk now. He has no idea. Like, 
I was a jerk, really. That's polite. Um, and my heart was completely changed. And I immediately called her. I was like, hey, I don't deserve this, and I don't expect you to say yes. But if you're open to it, um, I would really like you know, to meet and talk and work on uh, fixing our marriage, which at that point wasn't, you know, wasn't much. Um, and Amy was never much of a person of faith either. We were in the same boat. We went to Mass because we felt we had to. But during this whole thing, she started praying. She read her own books. Um, her grandmother was praying for us. Um, and she was like, yeah, like, yeah, I want to talk. And I pretty much, you know, melted. Um, today, so this summer, um, we went back to Fatima for the 10-year anniversary of my pilgrimage. Um, so it's been 10 years and however many months that is. Um, Today our marriage is better than it was the day we got married. It was better than the day I met her in college. Um, it's just uh, it's just really, truly a miracle. Um, way down the list, um, our lady also put on my heart to like start taking theology classes. So I found an on online program at Franciscan. Yes, 10 years ago, I still don't have my master's. I know, shameful, but uh, I'm still taking classes. So that all started, which I had no idea why. Like, what? Like, seriously? Like, I already have my MBA. I'm in business. Why do I need to learn theology? Master's. Don't have time. Anyways, I started doing it. And lo and behold, seven years later, I'm like, huh, I think I need to teach religion. And guess what would really help if I had a theology master's? So quit my job. There's more to that story, but it's kind of boring. And started subbing at CJ, and then like the first religion teacher job in 25 years came open that summer while I was there. And I mean, they didn't hand it to me. I had to interview, or you know, it was competitive. But I mean, it was just it was part of the plan, really part of God's plan. So that's where I am now at CJ. Um, so all of that, you're like, what? That's not masculine at all. What's this guy doing? I want my money back. Um, like, there's nuggets buried in there. Guys, wherever you are in a relationship or not in a relationship with a woman, um, if you are someday, if you get married, you know, you hear this old cliche like, oh, marriage is give and take, right? Relationships are give and take. It's not. It's not. What is it? It's given what? Give and give, right? Like, that's the attitude. Not just like, oh, that's cute. I'm going to write it down and do that. Like, no, like, in your heart. Like, that's where I was when I got back from Fatima. Like, give to Amy. Give, give, give. People will be like, well, you just get run over, you know, and push over. And like, no, right? Not, not with Jesus not in the sacrament of marriage, not under God's protection, not with Our Lady. Like, you just give, and you don't expect anything. Just give and give. Forget give and take. Forget about it. All right. Be a good listener. Buh, 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 right? Everyone says, be a good listener. Raise your hand. You don't have to close your eyes. Do you think you're a good listener? Raise your hand if you are. Awesome. There's a lot of guys and girls but a lot of guys raising their hands, which we're not generally known for that. I am a terrible listener. I was in sales, sales management my whole life, and I am horrible at listening. Um, 
guys, like, if you don't like talking to your girlfriend or your wife, um, well, if you're married, then you definitely like talking to your wife, I hope. So your girlfriend, like, you need to pray about it. I can't, I don't have, like, a toolbox, a, a list here to say, here are ten things, right, to make you the perfect man. Like, all of the problems I have, literally the only way I have fixed any of them is through prayer. I'm only on page three, and I have six. I got to skip some stuff. Um, what was the point of that? Does anyone know? Because I forgot. <laughs> oh, it's the, that, that was the point. Here's a terrible thing, just right? Like, terrible. Sometimes when I'm talking to, no, not talking. I'm listening to people. I dislike listening so much, I pray that they stop talking. <laughs> I am not kidding. That, that, right, I mean, it's funny. It's terrible, really. But I pray about it. I mean, I do pray that they stop talking, but I pray that I stop having those thoughts. Like, I'm a terrible listener. Um, and it's just, right? That's not give and give. That's just like, it's all about Tim. Okay, uh, seriously, what time do we need to stop? 8.30, the latest. Okay, all right, so it's funny, but now I think the next, next, next thing is actually part of God's plan. So I go to Fatima, and I learn about Medjugorje. Raise your hand if you know what Medjugorje is. Okay, so I don't know, less than half. So uh, Marian apparition site, right, that's where Mary appeared. Uh, Medjugorje is... I guess I should say allegedly because it's not church approved yet. But Mary's been appearing there for like 35 years. It's, so it's the current Fatima, cur current Lords, Guadalupe. Um, and so I heard about Medjugorje in Fatima. I was like, what? Mary's appearing. Like enough of this used to be here stuff. Like we got to go there. So, of course, the next summer I go to Medjugorje. And again, just like, psh not while I'm there is anything like blowing me away, but I come back and like, wow, like, all right, there's some stuff happening there. You could feel it. And um, ever since that trip, then we started taking um, a group there every year. So Mary um, gave the village there these things. I don't know if she called it five stones or they called it five stones. There's like stones everywhere, rocks and dirt and Medjugorje. So maybe someone... Some American made that up. They're like five nuggets, right? And none of them are going to be new to you, but like we just constantly need to be reminded, like what do we need to be doing, okay? So like you come back from Medjugorje and you're like, um, Mary said to do these things. Why aren't I doing them? Seriously. Like Mary, it's not like you watched a movie, right? And Sylvester Stallone said, read scripture. Like, the mother of God told you to read scripture, and you're not. That's, a little, that's like, powerful, right? Who, raise your hand if you like to read scripture. I mean, like, love it. Awesome. I teach scripture, and I, I couldn't raise my hand for that. I mean, like, can't raise my hand for that. I try, right? I'm praying about it. I'm trying. Um, if you've never read scripture... Um, and you just heard it, and you're like, yeah, I should probably try that sometime. Um, whenever I ask that question, like, where should I start? Like, does it matter? Um, people usually say, well, read one of the Gospels, right? Awesome, Jesus. 
can't go wrong for sure, right? But like, I don't know. I love the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles. I don't know. Sorry, Father. Gospel's great, but like, if you're going to read one book, like, and you've never read scripture before, like, start with Acts. Like, you probably know a lot about Jesus from Mass, right? But like, Acts, awesome, killer, Holy Spirit, regular people doing Jesus stuff. Like, it really, like, that's the way to explain it. It's so good. Read Acts. You want to learn something about Acts? Well, first, here's the end of Luke, right? So Jesus dies, right? Rises. Then he hangs out for a while, right? Trains up the apostles before he leaves, ascension. And here's what he says. I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. What's the promise? Holy Spirit. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Right? So Jesus is like, hey, you guys need to do what I've been doing. So he's giving them the authority to do it. And then we're sending the Holy Spirit to give you the power to do it. Right? Yeah, they spent three years with Jesus and they're hand chosen. But really, in a sense, they're no different than you guys and me. Right? So you put yourself in the shoes of those people and listen to these words. I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. You will be clothed with power from on high. And then from the end of Mark 16, these signs will accompany those who believe. This is crazy. Listen to this. Jesus said this. These signs will accompany those who believe. That's you guys. In my name, they will drive out demons. Okay, who doesn't want to do that? That's fun. They will speak new languages. That's fun. I took Spanish. I still can't speak it. They will pick up serpents with their hands. Okay, I don't want to do that. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will, okay, don't drink poison. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Seriously. Who doesn't want to heal people, right? Jesus says every believer will be able to do that in his name. Not just those 12 or the 11, right? Okay, so here's Acts 1, the very first paragraph. Promise of the Holy Spirit. Here comes the fire. You ready? Are you ready? Okay, thank you. Still awake. While meeting with them, he enjoined them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, right? I already said that. That was a different book, though. About which you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, have you Catholics, right? Most of you are Catholics. Have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? Yeah, okay, this is you, right? So let's go heal some people, pick up some serpents, drink some poison. Anyways, no different. All right, catechism. This is about identity, guys. This is about who you are, who God wants you to be. Right? Like, this is what the Catholic Church teaches. This isn't like some crazy rogue Tim O'Loughlin version from Vandalia. This is the catechism. Jesus is the one whom the Father anointed with the Holy Spirit, established as priest, priest, prophet, and king. But the whole people of God participate in these three offices. And we bear the responsibility for the mission that flows from them. Okay, so we are all priests, prophets, and kings. What does that even mean? On entering the people of God through faith and baptism, one receives a share in people's unique 
priestly vocation. Christ the Lord, high priest taken from among men, da-da-da-da-da, sorry, I, it's important, but um, I want to get to this. Has made this new people a kingdom of priests. A kingdom of priests. Okay, this part's in bold. This is the part I was looking for. The baptized, by regeneration and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, are consecrated to be a spiritual house and a holy priesthood. You are consecrated to be a spiritual house and holy priesthood. Like, are you a spiritual house? Like a holy priesthood? Like, seriously. Like, I try to get my students, like, they're like, Mr. O, you're so old, you're so outdated, you don't get us, right? Like, like think heavenly, right? Like, seriously. What does God want? What did God want when he created man and woman? What does God want for us? How does God want you to live? Not your neighbor, your best friend, your favorite religion teacher in high school, right? It's like time to raise the bar way up to spiritual house and holy priesthood. All right, so scripture. Mary also says, number two, to pray, right? Like, okay, talking to Jesus, probably the fastest, easiest, best way to get close with him. Do we do that? Like, okay, do we say a few Our Fathers and Hail Marys? Do we say rosaries? But do we talk to Jesus? Do we talk to God the Father? I uh, learned this phrase in prayer, I don't know, a couple years ago um, that I use all the time. And it, like, in front of the tabernacle, mm, nothing better. Like, God, like, Father, what is your heart for me? Have you guys heard that before? What is your heart for me? Like, God, you're asking the Father, like, what is on your heart for me? What do I need to know? What do you want me to know? Not like, Father, like, I want to buy this RV so I can tailgate more. Should I buy it? Which one should I buy? No, like, what's your heart? You don't lead with the RV. I mean, if he says RV, awesome. Call me, right? Like, Father, what is your heart for me? Invite the Holy Spirit into your prayer. How many of you pray to the Holy Spirit? I never did till like, two years ago. Crazy. Pentecost, Acts of the Apostles. You guys, Holy Spirit, like, you don't need to read a book on it. I don't need to say anything more than that. Just be like, come Holy Spirit. Like, what's up? What's your heart? Simple stuff. Don't make it complicated. Whew. Hmm. That's good stuff, too, but. Number three, fasting. How many of you guys fast? Okay. Right? Like, what's fasting? It could be anything. Like, give up something. What does Our Lady say in Medjugorje? You'll hate this. Bread and water on Wednesdays and Fridays, because that's what the early Christians do. did. Whoa. Okay, bread and water. Then you start asking questions like, well, does coffee count as water? How about tea? Bread. Donuts? Peanut, peanut butter on my bread? Like, whatever. Do what you want. Mary said bread and water, so... Try it. If you can't, whoop-de-doo. Like, anything is good, right? Like, eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich three times a day. That's not that great. That's fasting, really, right, compared to what we do now. Why? Fasting is like turbocharged prayer. Like, you got something to pray for, and you add fasting to it, like, 
again, like it's in scripture. Like fast and prayer is the only thing that can fix certain problems. Whoa, here's how what it does for me like physically though, like it calms me down and like uh, flattens my desires. I don't mean like sexual desires, it does that too, but like just everything, just like mellow. Like it's really, it's really like good. Um, spiritual calmness and like uniting right our suffering with Christ like you're fasting you're giving up something that's a thing right we can do that the church says so like lift that up unite it with the cross and like offer it up right like Chuck E. Cheese tokens do something with them what can you fast from anything TV social media sex what Fast from sex, well, none of you are married, so you're already fasting from sex. All right, here's where the eye contact thing happens. And I really didn't want this to be the last thing I talk about. Um, masturbation. Raise your hand if you masturbate more than three times a week. Just kidding. Don't raise your hands. I'm glad you laughed. All right, seriously. I, I want to cover this because it's so prevalent and nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it, right? Okay, so going back to thinking heavenly, why did God create sex? Hmm. He created man and woman. He likes people. Uh, dead people mean souls in heaven. So let's have lots of people on earth. That means lots of babies. So let's make it feel good. That makes sense, right? Sex feels good. It makes babies, right? So it's to make babies, right, procreation, and unity, right? Is it or? Is it just for unity? No, not really. It says and. Um, so masturbation. Oh, is that procreating? Is that creative? Nope. Is that unifying? Is that community? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's done alone. Uh, not procreation, not unity, right? It's neither. It's the opposite. Like, can't have it. Like, studies... Um, okay, so the fake study says 98% of men masturbate and 2% are liars. Yeah, it's a joke. You never heard that? Or maybe you heard it too many times. It's just not funny anymore. Okay, so how about this? The study that I read said 75% of men masturbate once a month and like 20, it's right here, 24% like at least once a week. That's a lot, right? That's a lot. Um, so you're like, wow, that's a lot. That's awesome. I'm just going to keep doing it because everyone's doing it. No, that's not the point, right? It's not, it's not awesome when we got to be like thinking heavenly. Like what was God's purpose for that? That's, that's not it. Um, by the way, that interview, that was an in-person interview, and it was 75%. In person. Who do you think is honest in person? You think if that was just like an Internet survey, the number would be higher or lower. Okay, that's not important, but it would be higher, right? Like in-person interview, why would they do that? That doesn't even make sense. Okay, um, there was something in here um, about alcohol because it was such a big problem for me and my family, but I'm going to skip it um, and just know that literally Our Lady took that away from me because of prayer, right? And you know, right, like I'm all about Mary. I have a nonprofit called formary.org. Right, like you know it's okay to go to Mary, right? Like the church teaches that, right? Dogmas on Mary, like it's good. 
like God chose Mary to bring Jesus into the world, not because of anything she did, but because he chose it. He wanted it that way, right? So that's a good way to get to Jesus is through Mary, right? And many, many, many graces, some people say all graces come to us through Mary, right? From Jesus, but through Mary. So pray to Mary. All right, confession. Father Slavko, who was one of the original pastors in Medjugorje, said um, when someone was like, well, tell us all about the miracles, you know, the healings and all this, you know, because everyone's about the miracles, and I am too because they're cool. But he's like, the most miracles happen in confession in Medjugorje. Like people come out of confession, and they're like, miraculous change, right? Mary says go to confession. I don't know that she said once a month, but that's kind of my thing, like try to go once a month. I do a lot of bad stuff. I could go every day, but, you know, once a month feels right. Um, For sure, right, like if you skip Mass, if you got any, like, heavy sin um, on you, like, you shouldn't receive the Eucharist. Go to confession, right? Like, if I invite you over to my house and I have a white carpet and you have muddy boots, you're not, like, going to come on and stomp all over my carpet, right? You'd be like, no, let me take my shoes off or let me go home and clean my feet, right? Well, like. Take your sin off, clean your sin, right, before you go into the nice white carpet. Confession, that was number four. So we've got scripture, prayer, fasting, confession. Yeah, skip that analogy. Eucharist, that's for last. Woo! Maximilian Colby said angels are jealous of us because we have the Eucharist. So cool. Father Ethan sent me this one. I can't pronounce your name. Blessed Dina Belanger said... If we understood the treasure in the Eucharist, we'd be building like a fort around our tabernacles because people would be delirious and like just charging church, right? And like, give us the Eucharist. I had to look up the word delirium. We would be in a state of delirium. I mean, I had an idea what it meant, but wild excitement. Woo! Are you guys, do you go to mass? Are you like, do you feel wild excitement? Yeah. Okay, we're not, so what's wrong? All right. Um, just going to end with a couple quotes. I, I don't know. Manly Crusade is pretty hard to beat, but okay. Who said this? I didn't even write down the source. Oh, no. Oh, this is me. Being a man is not fearless, right? You've heard this before. That's not like, um, that's not courage. That's not being a man like, Oh, I don't have any fear. That's just lying, I think. I don't know. I have fear, right? Being courageous and being a man is looking fear in the face and acting, right? Acting despite of your fear. That's what it's about. And it all involves our faith too, right? Yeah, like I would be afraid hunting bears too, but it applies to our faith. Like, do you want to talk about your faith with your friends when you're not here at Theology on Tap? Do you do that? Do you go to Mass? Do you love the Eucharist? Do you go to adoration? Is it exciting? Matthew 28, the end of Matthew. When they, the apostles, saw him, they worshipped him, but they also doubted. It says they doubted. Like they just hung out with Jesus for three years, right? Like they're the guys, and they doubted. After all that, like he rose from the dead, and it says they doubted. Like it's okay. Pray about it. Work through it. All right, Venerable Archbishop Sheen said this. I'm not sure this is about manhood, but it just felt right. 
No, he didn't say that. I did. But this is his quote. America, it is said, is suffering from intolerance. It is not. It is suffering from tolerance. Tolerance of right and wrong. Tolerance of truth and error. Tolerance of virtue and evil. Tolerance of Christ and chaos. Our country is not nearly so overrun with the bigoted as it is overrun with the broad-minded. Overrun with the broad-minded, right? We're just tolerating everything. So in closing, I just encourage you guys and women, right, to take the narrow path. Not the broad-minded path, the narrow path. Um, certainly in your faith life, but your moral life, right? And so if we're living our faith and moral life and it's just super easy, right, and it's the wide path, we got to, like, step back and take a look at it and say, what's up? What do we got to change? Um, so please um, give it some thought and start your, your manly crusade soon. Um, remember that you are made in the image of God, in the image of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, right? So be a leader, be a father, be a creator. Be the son, right? Be a servant, be holy, be the Holy Spirit in other people's lives, right? Be that ball of fire. Bring Jesus to other people. Um, let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you again for this evening. We thank you for this awesome thing you call Theology on Tap. We thank you for all the blessings that you give us, but we ask for more. More of your grace, more of your waterfall of love that you increase um, the love in our hearts for each other, um, those special relationships that we have, that you bless them, that you increase the size of our hearts so we, that we can love more, um, that you bless this room, all the people in it, and especially um, those who are married in their marriages, those who are in a relationship with another, um, that you show them uh, your heart and uh, how you want them um, to relate to each other. Um, we ask for special blessings on all the future Theology on Tap discussions, everything this group does, that you just send your Holy Spirit into this group, you set it on fire, and that it grows, um, and that the people that are already here, their knowledge and their love for you just continues to grow, um, and that you feed their hunger, and just continue to give us more, Lord, just more Holy Spirit. Um, so together, let's say uh, three times, Jesus, I trust in you. 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 Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Hey. Some really good questions. Not all of them I have the answer to. Um, the first one, how was the Ozzy concert? I did buy tickets, but I never went. I got to think because like, I was feeling so holy from that retreat, but honestly, I don't remember why I didn't go. Um, I've never seen Ozzy in concert. Okay. Um, what is your best advice on forgiveness in a relationship? Um, actually, the best advice on forgiveness in general, uh, it was, I think, on page five, and I skipped it, is... Forgiving yourself, um, my, the biggest barrier to my growth 
after um, Fatima, well, after our marital problems in Fatima, was like forgiving myself, right? Like, um, Amy forgave me. Um, I certainly went to confession, right? So the Lord forgave me. Um, and it's just like someone gives you a gift and you never open it. How does that make them feel, right? Like, God forgave you. You have no business not forgiving yourself. What is your favorite way to encourage your spouse in her spiritual life? Um, what does she do that really encourages you? That's a great question because um, when I came back from Fatima, I was like gonzo for God and all things and like on the mountain for a long time, and she wasn't. Um, but it just went with that whole thing of just like, uh, not selfishly this is about me, but this is not about Amy changing, meeting me where I am, fixing herself, growing, loving God, whatever. Like, it was just, I'm doing it, um, and if she wants to come along, awesome. And I mean, in my heart, I knew she would eventually, and she has and is, but really, like, not to the same extent. But are any two people really ever in the same spot? So, um, how do I encourage her in her spiritual life? Is I just do my thing. And I bring Father Ethan over my house all the time. And she likes him more than me, so um, he encourages her in her spiritual life. No, but seriously, it's just like you do you, um, and it can't, you know, it cannot, cannot not rub off. You know what I mean. What does she do that encourages you? Um, I don't know, just to like her genuine like love, like just go. Like she doesn't need to go to Medjugorje. I mean, that's a good example. Like we do these pilgrimages every summer. Um, I was like, please come, please come. You know, like selfishly I want her to come. So like she's just more into it and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, she just never wanted to. And I was like, that's all right. Well, then one year she's like, Oh, I want to go to Lourdes. So she went to Lourdes, and then she went to Fatima last year, and now she's going to Ireland with us this year. So um, I don't know. I forgot the question. Sorry, but you just do what you do, and it'll all work out. And, of course, right, like I pray about it. Um, I pray about that with my students who are like, my parents, you know, aren't Catholic. They don't want to go to Mass, or they don't want me to go to Adoration, or they don't want me to go on Steubenville or whatever. I'm like, just pray about it. Relax. Just Work on yourself, and the rest will happen, right? Like, God sees you. He knows what people need, and it's not for you to fix them. Like, if he's going to fix them, he'll do it. But certainly, pray about it. How do you deal with a situation where you and your wife are having an argument and are convinced, underlined, that the other is wrong? How do you do this with love? Um... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's hard. I mean, the first question would be, like, really, like, I ask myself this all the time, like, how important is this, right? Like, I don't like the phrase, pick your battles, but how important is it? Like, do I, do I really need her to agree with me or vice versa? Um, and I hate to say that the answer to everything for me is prayer, because it doesn't always get fixed, and it's not always perfect. But I really just try to listen, because I'm horrible at it, um, and really, really, like, in my heart, be like, all right, like, what is Amy feeling and why? 
and she's like anti-conflict, and I'm like, let's talk. And so it's hard sometimes. So I really need to slow down to her pace and be like, listen to her and like try to like get inside her heart and understand why um, and then try to get there, right? If it's really important, then it's going to take time. It's not just like a one-time thing. So I pray about it. I pray for her and I pray for my heart as well um, and just give it space. But again, like I don't know the basis of this question if it's like, you know, it could be a big thing. You're thinking about marriage, and this is a deal breaker. Um, you just got to pray about it, um, and that love will conquer all things and be patient with it. How do you get a woman to forgive you for being a dog? Um, I, you go to Fatima. Um, wow. I don't know. Dang it, I wish I had let Amy come. Um, yeah, I mean, you just got to stop being a dog, and then you, like, stop barking, and she stops yelling at you for barking, and then it's fixed. Yeah, 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 you just need to stop doing things that need to be forgiven. No, I'm serious. That's me. Uh, I mean, that. yeah, I don't mean, I mean, I do mean that jokingly, but um, that's it. That's the whole, that's what we got to be doing, guys, is we really, like, right, we got to take it up a notch, and we got to stop doing the stupid things we do, whether it's in front of our woman or alone or whatever it is. It's like, right, think heavenly. Um, Matthew Kelly, be the best version of yourself. Um, I do love that phrase. Every decision, right? Is it making you a better person or a worse person? Every decision. Do you ever feel like you're confessing the same laundry list of sins? What keeps you coming back? Ah, is Father Ethan here? Ah, shoot. Um, yes, I do feel like a lot of times I confess the same thing. Um, what keeps you coming back? One, because our lady said we need to go regularly. Um, two, because I had a miracle in a confession once. Three, um, even when I am like, shoot, like, I'm going to say the same thing I said last month, and it's Father John again. Um, I close my eyes, and I say, Father, like, show me the sins that I've for I have forgotten. Like, Father, what other sins do you want me to confess? And every single time something pops into my head, I'm like, oh, seriously. Like, how did I forget that? Like, sin, confess it. So rarely is it the exact same list. But if you don't do that, like, do that. Do it tonight when you go home and then write it down and then hide it so no one sees it, but... Like, do that when you're examining your conscience. Don't just, like, read the list, you know, that they put out in the lobby. Like, close your eyes and be like, Father, like, what, what have I forgotten? What do you want me to confess today? And I, I bet something comes up, if not a gigantic list. But anyways, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, certainly, right, the feeling when you come out is just like, whoo, right, that's awesome. Um, but 
that's generally not how I'm feeling going in. So it's like, shoot, it's almost four o'clock. Um, time to go. I don't love it. I don't. So, yeah, last one. How do you give and give in a relationship without losing yourself and not getting anything back in the relationship? Um, I don't know. The first thing that comes to mind is um, where would we be if, if, and trust me, like, I ask myself this question, like, my whole marriage, I still do sometimes, um, so I'm not judging this question, but where would we be if Jesus asked this question, right? Like, Jesus gave and gave and gave, and right? And what did he get back from us, right? What is he getting back from us? What are we giving him after what he gave us? Um, and it's hard, um, and I was in this place for a long time, like, I'm not getting anything back. Um, and I just stopped asking that question, and I just um, just kept giving, right? And those days when I was like, oh, this is hard. Just keep giving. Take a break. Stop giving for a while. Take a break. Pray about it. Get back to your holy place um, and just keep giving because that's what love's about. Um, and I'm not saying, like, I'm not guessing this isn't what that's about, but, like, if it's a damaging relationship, like, physical or verbal or whatever, that's, I mean, obviously different. But if it's, like, kind of the typical human nature relationship stuff, like, how important is it? Do you need to get anything back? Um, and I really believe if that other person truly loves you, like, when you are just, like, giving, like, if they aren't seeing that and changing, then something's wrong, right? Like, I don't mean the first time you do it, but, like, over time, like, is that the person that you should be with? And if that's your spouse, then obviously that is the person you should be with. Um, and it's going to take some time, and I just think continuing to give and to love. It's hard, but, right, the cross was hard too. So that's where we are. End of questions. Okay, thank you.